Hey guys, it's Amber. I have a favor to ask, especially from those of you who have been listening for a while now. Would you be so kind to rate and review this podcast? Why? Because ratings and reviews get noticed. And honestly, we want more people to hear the good news about Jesus and the everyday applications that help us know and love God more. And don't forget to share these episodes with others. Thanks for your support. Today's episode is called The Lament. We're going to talk about this very important and often overlooked prayer form. Hey guys, it's Amber, wife, mother, warrior, type A child of God. Here at Little Things, we examine everyday issues from a biblical perspective with one simple goal, to know and love God more. Thanks for joining me. So a lot of times when we teach our children in catechism how to pray, we use the acronym ACTS, A-C-T-S. We use that to teach children the different um, forms of prayer or the different elements of prayer that we should include when we pray to God. So the A stands for adoration. We should be deeply respectful and loving when we go to God. The C is for confession because we want kids to remember to confess their sins to God. That's an important part of prayer. The T is for thanksgiving, to give thanks for all the blessings that God has put in their life. And the S is for supplication, to ask God all the requests on our hearts, all the things that are on our mind. And and those are really important elements of prayer. But to just teach them that misses a vital part of our prayer life, and that is the lament. Now, just to be clear, the lament is not just a form of complaint. Anne Voskamp said, Lament is a cry of belief in a good God, a God who has his ear to our hearts, a God who transfigures the ugly into beauty. Complaint is the bitter howl of unbelief in any benevolent God in this moment, a distrust in the love beat of the Father's heart. I think there's a couple of very important um, parts of what she said, that quote. First of all, she said, the lament is a cry of belief. We're going to a good God, someone we know who listens to us and is able to transfigure ugly things into beautiful things. Whereas complaint is a a means of unbelief in anything good that God will do in this moment. It's distrust. And Tim Chalice who, who, Chalice, who is a Reformed pastor in Canada, he, he made a video about the difference between the complaint and the lament, and he really said it's the posture of the heart. So complaint is sinful. It's, it's grumbling. It's coming from a place of pride, whereas lament is coming from a place of humility. Where else can I go? Where else can I turn? And I don't think there's ever a greater example of this than of the children of Israel in the wilderness while they were um, being led by, by Moses. So they were continually grumbling against God. So when they got to places that didn't have water, they started grumbling. They started complaining. They didn't go to God with their complaint and say, oh, you know, Lord, we believe in you and we know you can do something about this. So we're coming to you. That wouldn't have been sinful. 
what's sinful is to be have this prideful heart that's, you know, we don't deserve this. We don't need to put up with this. Here we go. No water. What's God even doing? I mean, how can we trust him? Same with when they didn't have food. Same when they got sick with of Moses being their leader. They always came to this, this sinful heart of grumbling against God, against the food, against Moses. And we're told very clearly in the book of Philippians that we're supposed to do everything without grumbling and complaint. So we know that that is not what this prayer form is about. John Tillman says that complaining is a sin that separates us from God. Lament is a powerful prayer that connects us to God. So that's the difference. If we are complaining in our pride and we're we're setting ourselves up against God as if you don't do anything for me. What have you done for me? Why am I even listening to you? Why do I even believe in you? Versus a complaint where we're going to God and going, wow, God, things are really, really bad. But I'm coming to you. You're my father. And we're told in the Psalms that God is close to the brokenhearted. So when we go to him in that kind of complaint, when we go to him telling us, telling him, exactly what's going on in our life, he meets us there. And by the way, to just make this what should be probably very obvious, just putting it out there, um, you know, the lament is a very honest prayer. And there really is no sense in hiding our feelings or um, the the nitty-gritty of a situation with God because God sees everything anyway. He loves when we come to him honestly telling him exactly how we feel when we go to him for help because we know that we can't go to anyone else. He is our loving father and that nothing makes him happier than when we go to him in those moments of deep despair and grief and not knowing what else to do. So for a couple of examples, we're going to start with Habakkuk. Habakkuk went to God with a complaint. He said, how long, Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen or cry out to you violence, but you do not save. Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There's strife and conflict abounds. That's chapter one. David in Psalm four starts with a complaint. It almost sounds like a demand, but look again for the respect. He says, answer me when I call to you, my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. So that's where both of these people start. And the strength of the lament is that it doesn't leave us in the complaint. It's a progression that works through the pain of the situation. And it comes back to a place of remembering that God is faithful and remembering that God is worthy of our praise and our worship, but there may be other elements included. So for instance, in Psalm 4, David includes an accusation against the people. He says, how long will you love delusions and seek false gods? Know that the Lord has set apart his faithful servant for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. Then he gives an admonition, tremble, Do not sin when you are on your bed. Search your hearts and be silent. Offer the sacrifices of the righteous and trust in the Lord. He's telling the people, first, he's accusing them, telling them what they're doing is not helpful. 
And then he's warning them, don't do this. Don't keep sinning. Instead, be silent before the Lord. Go back to the Lord. Offer him the, the, the sacrifices he deserves. Trust in him. And then finally, David gets around to the request. Many, Lord, are asking who will bring us prosperity. Let the light of your faith face shine on us. Fill my heart with joy when their grain and new wines abound. So there's a request. Lord, we need you. We need your blessing. You know, we're, we're hurting here. When, when we get the grain and the wine, I want to be happy because I know that it's coming from you. And that brings him to worship. He ends with, in peace, I will lie down and sleep for you alone, Lord. Make me dwell in safety. Habakkuk 2, God answers him back and forth. He tells him exactly what his plans are. And Habakkuk isn't very thrilled with God's plans. But back and forth as as Habakkuk talks to God and, and God answers him, Habakkuk comes to a place of worship. That wasn't the answer I wanted. It doesn't look like the, I'm going to get what my solution is. But he ends his book by saying, Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. The lament says, Hey, God doesn't have to answer this the way that I want him to answer it. I just know that God is worthy of my worship because he's heard me and he's got the situation under control. We see Jeremiah doing the same thing in the book of Lamentations. It starts with Jeremiah looking at the devastation that has happened when Babylon came and conquered the people and there are dead people in the streets and it's just total rubble. And then Jeremiah goes on to say, I have been deprived of peace. I've forgotten what prosperity is. My soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. First compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Jeremiah went from the place of being utterly shocked by what he was seeing, seeing no good thing, and being able to say, all right, I'm turning to God. I will have hope. God's love is still here. His compassions never fail us. He is faithful. And that is what turns the lament into praise is that remembrance that God is a faithful God. God sees us in our desperation. He doesn't even necessarily act on our timetable, but he's aware of our situation. He's at work behind the scenes. And that brings us hope. That brings us to a place of having an attitude of prayer and praise and worship. There's a quote that says, our laments are not indicative of a lack of faith. They are an act of faith. They lead to trust and are a pathway from grief to praise 
when we are going through crippling life circumstances. This is why it is so, so very important to teach our children about the lament. We don't want to just pray when things are going well. We don't want to just pray when we have something to confess. When we are in the depths and we are going through, like the quote said, crippling life circumstances, we need to honestly go and lay ourselves before God and say, oh man, I don't understand. This is so much harder and so much bigger than me. But I know to come to you. You're my God. You've promised you're never going to leave me. You've promised me that you're never going to forsake me. You've promised me that you will work all things out for good. And boy, I don't see any good that can come out of this. But I'm coming to you because I've got nowhere else to go. You're my God. You're my Savior. I'm still going to praise you. I'm still going to worship. I'm going to bring my tears before you. And I'm going to wait on you. You can't go wrong when you teach your kids to do that. We can't go wrong when we do that in our own lives. That's where we get our hope. Knowing that God is in control, even in the ugly even in the messy, even in the frustrating, even in the horrid. He's there. He's listening. Keep praying. This has been Little Things, because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things. If you aren't familiar with Pastor Mike's teaching, you are definitely missing out. He's got a down-to-earth approach that is so easy to listen to. I appreciate how transparent he is and willing to tackle really hard issues with kindness and love and unbelievable compassion. I love to listen to sermons in podcast form because I can listen while doing the dishes or weeding or exercising. Check out Time of Grace with Pastor Mike Novotny anywhere you listen to podcasts. I can't tell you how blessed I feel to have the opportunity to talk to you each week. Your continued prayers and support are appreciated. And if you're willing, please share, rate, and review this podcast. Thank you so much.